Welcome to the Millennial Father. I'm your host, Raza Mughal, on today's episode. How I found out I was going to become a father, how we told people about the pregnancy, a journey through the first trimester. All right, let's get it. Okay, I'm going to explain how I found out that I was going to become a father. Just to give a little pretext, with my wife, it's hard to gauge the level of importance of what she's about to say. Like, it doesn't matter how significant the news is, it always starts with the dramatic, oh my god, or you're not going to believe this. And it was an effective method to get my full attention because I would stop whatever I was doing and be like, what? Oh dear lord, what is it? And the information that would follow could be anywhere on the Richter scale. Like, it could be anywhere from, remember those boots I showed you? Well, they're on sale for 30% off to, like, my dad's going to have heart surgery. Over time, what I've realized is most of the information I'm going to hear is going to be on the lower end of the spectrum. So I'm not going to say I've completely tuned her out, but I'm not as reactive as I was before. So now to the story of me finding out. It's the middle of November. I had the week off, so I was just sleeping in. And my wife runs into the bedroom and she's like, Oh my God, you're not going to believe this. She used both of them together. Maybe it's a new technique to get my attention. I don't know. So I look up and she's smiling ear to ear. And I'm a little upset at this point. Like, why is she bothering me? And then she hit me with the news, with the Kamehameha and Super Saiyan mode news that was going to change my life forever. And she's like, Raza, I'm pregnant. At this point, I froze. I didn't know what to feel. I was completely lost. Like she thought this was a good enough reason to wake me up. No, I'm just kidding. I had so many emotions running through me. I was lost. And she just ran up to me and gave me a big hug. And it was an incredible moment for us because it was so important to us. Becoming parents in our minds was the ultimate goal. And to us, it's the most precious gift that we were given as human beings. So we just basically talked for like an hour. What are we going to do? Who are we going to tell? What are the next steps? Do you want a boy or a girl? At this point, it was pure joy running through my mind. Like I couldn't wait to tell my mom because I'm the eldest in my family and this would be my mom's first grandchild. And you know, she's always hinted at it and stuff. And by hint, I mean she just bluntly told me to my face multiple times. So after finding out, I felt like Faramir from Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Like in my head, I was like a chance for Raza, captain of Gondor, to show his quality. So my wife went off to work and with thoughts of pure joy and happiness, I went back to sleep. Then I woke up like two hours later and it was a whole different ball game. I opened my eyes. My heart was racing so fast I thought it was going to burst. I was covered in sweat. My mouth was dry, I was filled with panic and worry, and my mind was filled with negative thoughts like, how am I going to take care of a baby when I can barely take care of myself? Am I going to be a good enough parent? Am I ready to give up the non-parent life? You know, because before getting pregnant, I've talked to other moms and dads my age and they're just like, once you have a kid, life's never going to be the same. Do all the stuff you want to do before, traveling, going out, partying, etc. and get it all out of your system. Because you can't do that stuff anymore once the kid is there. 
This is different from the advice I got from older couples like 50 and over, which was more along the lines like, just have a kid, don't think about it too much, everything will be fine and dandy. After hearing all of this advice from people, chewing on it and thinking about it, my advice to people is this, take everyone's advice with a grain of salt. You are your own person and what happens to one person doesn't always happen to the other. I don't think having a child is going to end your life, nor is it going to be easy, but you can't predict everything either. My technique is to take things day by day and not think about it too much. Get advice as the situation comes along, but make your own decisions. Another aspect that affects this whole baby situation is culture. I come from a Pakistani background, and in that culture, dating is kind of like a taboo thing. And having a child out of wedlock is basically like a myth, like Godzilla or King Kong or something. Like if someone told me someone in the Pakistani culture or community had a kid before getting married, I'd just be like, come on, man, stop. Do you have a picture of it? Do you have a picture of the kid? That's the only way I'll believe it. Some couples don't date, they have arranged marriages or the marriage goes down very fast so you don't have that couple time before. In my opinion, it's important to have that couple time to build and strengthen your marriage or relationship with one another. In my mind, the parents are the team captains of the family and if MJ and Pippin aren't gelling, that's a recipe for disaster. So back to me, I'm filled with panic. Sitting there, my mind is filling with self-doubt. It's racing off into different thoughts, so what did I do? It's simple. I tried to go back to sleep. Well, of course, that didn't work. Have you tried sleeping with a million thoughts going in and out of your brain? It's almost impossible. So I got up, walked around a little bit, exercised, went about my regular routine, and I felt better. And that is a big lesson right there. When you start to worry or feel overwhelmed, don't just sit there, get up and move around. Know your de-stressors and use them. Just because you're about to become a father, it doesn't mean you've instantly changed. You don't instantly turn into this stereotypical dad, you know, wearing argyle sweaters and brown socks, you know, doesn't play sports or anything anymore. Do you take care of yourself, play some Mario Kart, shoot some hoops, watch some wrestling, whatever it is. Now let's move on to the subject of who do you tell about the pregnancy. So this can be tricky because 75% of all miscarriages happen in the first trimester and 20% of all pregnancies end up in miscarriages. When you hear this data for the first time, it freaks you out a little bit. Well, it did to me. Who you tell is up to you, but my recommendation is if you tell someone about the pregnancy, you should also be prepared to let them know about any bad news as well. Like I wouldn't go around telling extended family co-workers, acquaintances at this point, but if you're cool with it, then it's completely fine. It all depends on your openness. Now, we decided to just tell immediate family and a couple of close friends. We did this through video chatting and phone calls. To be honest with you, I didn't enjoy this process, but you have to let your family know, right? Like I had never video chatted with my mother ever, and now all of a sudden, me and my wife were sitting side by side calling her. She knew what was up. Like. We're already married, we moved less than a year ago, why else would we be calling her? In fact, that's what I said to my mom. She was like, why are you two calling me like this? And I responded to my mom, why do you think we're calling you like this? And she instantly started crying. In retrospect, it was a lovely moment. Each person's reaction was different. 
There was a lot of laughter, a lot of congrats. You're going to see this. You're going to see that. One of my sisters started swearing when she found out, which I didn't understand. Like, are you angry or happy? I don't know. My mother-in-law's reaction was more traditional culturally. She was just like, don't tell anyone outside the family and just pray everything goes right. Something you might hear a character in Goodfellas say. We were given a lot of advice, you know, to give to charity, to pray more. One piece of advice that kind of stuck with me was that the kid's not here yet. You know, you still have time to do stuff that you usually do. Okay, now I'm going to take you on a trip through the first trimester. So after my wife told me she was pregnant, we did the test like three more times to confirm that this was actually happening. The first one we used was expensive. We bought it from Shoppers Drug Mart, so it was legit. The other two we purchased from the dollar store. They basically look like popsicle sticks with lines going through them. Okay, next step for us, we told our moms. Tears, happiness, advice, okay, done, but it's not necessary to do. Now the next real step is you have to confirm the pregnancy. For this, your partner needs to book an appointment with their doctor to check HCG levels in their blood, which is basically a pregnancy hormone that increases dramatically when a woman is pregnant. Now our plan was to just tell our moms and to tell our immediate family after we completed the pregnancy blood test. Okay, cool. So me and my wife had set aside a time several weeks before to go visit my sister in Waterloo. She's going to university there. We had just found out about the pregnancy like four days before. This is all that I had been thinking about nonstop Liam Neeson. Okay, so we get in the car, I look over to my wife and she's never seemed more vulnerable. For the first time since I was 17 years old, I'm terrified to drive. I'm driving around with precious cargo. But you know what? I'm a smart guy and I found a solution which was drive slow. So I'm coming from Mississauga. I hop on the 401. It's just an hour drive to get to Waterloo. I'm driving. The weather's nice. I look over to my wife and the sun's gently resting on her face. I can't believe that she's pregnant. Such a big burden for her to take. In my head, I'm just like, I need to make this process as easy on her as I possibly can. I believe it was a Sunday. We both had to go to work the next day and she's pregnant. I feel bad that she's traveling with me. She's going to get tired. So I tell her, I'm like, hey, why don't you lie down, lean the seat back, go to sleep, and I'll let you know when we get there. Sure enough, she follows my advice. So I'm cruising. The Waterloo exit comes, okay, time to get off, and I get into the far right lane where I find the traffic is a little backed up. I look up in the rear view mirror and a car is coming full speed and I don't think they were paying attention to the road because BAM! They slammed right into me. Instantly my concern went to my wife. I'm swearing and yelling. Just a half hour ago, I was telling her to relax. She reassured me that she was feeling fine. I got out of the car. I did the whole information exchange thing. The accident was bad, but not terrible. Like the person's front bumper was stuck in my rear bumper, which I just ripped out and threw onto the shoulder because I was furious. So I did the whole insurance exchange thing and then we went to go see my sister. We ended up telling her about the car accident, but not about the pregnancy because that was our original game plan. So she goes off to get food for us and my wife starts bawling because she's concerned about the baby. My sister came back to my wife crying and she was just like, I saw the car, it wasn't that bad. 
I was so tempted to just tell her about the pregnancy, but I didn't. I was just like, sorry, she's a bit rattled up. And I was like, we need to head back. We went straight to the hospital where they did the HCG test and confirmed for us that we were indeed pregnant. And that is how you get a shortcut to getting your HCG test done. Again, I'm kidding, we were scared. While we were at the hospital, we voiced our concern about a miscarriage or possible damage to the baby. The doctor told us that the baby right now was the size of a bean and that falling or minor crashes is not a big concern. The biggest threat to a baby during the first trimester is stress. That was the big lesson we learned from all of this. So future fathers, once your wife is pregnant, it's still okay to do activities. Just don't do any hardcore ones like rock climbing or wrestling. And remember, stay stress-free and enjoy life. Throughout this hospital visit, my wife was in contact with her sister. Somehow using some sister psychic ability, her sister was able to pick up on the fact that my wife was pregnant from before. I don't know how that stuff works. Basically, we were in the clear to tell our immediate family about the news, which we did. We were able to tell everyone we wanted to tell except for my grandma, who I call Mama. She was visiting Pakistan at the time with her eldest son. Now, the only way to talk to Mama was by WhatsApp calling my uncle and asking to talk to Mama. I didn't want to tell her like this because sometimes I got the feeling that I was on speakerphone because I would sometimes call her and say something funny and hear other people laughing in the background and because everyone talks to mama. Eventually the news was going to come out if I told her. I had to wait till mid-Jan for her to come back which was fine for me. During this time my mom's snapping at me. When can I tell people? When can I tell people? Every time she would come over she's bringing chocolates and candies. I think I gained more weight than my wife during this time. Oh yes, my wife. How was she handling the pregnancy? Well, it was pretty bad. Her morning sickness was terrible. She would vomit on average four to six times a day. The sad part is, as her partner, I couldn't really do much. The only things that I could do were bring her foods that she liked, keep the house clean as much as possible, and try to keep her happy. You know, get her to laugh. Like, for example, after she was done vomiting, I'd be like, hey, can you keep it quiet next time? It's getting hard for me to hear the game commentary. She was unable to laugh because of pure exhaustion, but I knew she was laughing inside. The vomiting became extreme. Eventually, she had to get prescribed to an anti-nausea medication called Diclectin. When she told me about this, I was cool with it because I know she does her research on whether it's safe and all that. But you know what? It's your responsibility as a future father to also do your own research just in case you have any concerns and you also don't want to be constantly bothering your partner with unnecessary questions. So this morning sickness kept up throughout the first trimester. It was hard to go to anyone's house because we were trying to keep the pregnancy a secret and my wife was puking like the girl from The Exorcist. So pretty much we just stayed in. We went to the movies a few times, but she would have to leave midway through. It wasn't fun. So now during the first trimester, there are two ultrasounds that you have to do. One is early, like six weeks into the pregnancy, and the other is 12 weeks in. Once your partner confirms the pregnancy with her doctor, the appointment for these will be arranged. Okay, the six-week ultrasound. Basically, the main goal of this ultrasound is to see if the fetus is embedded in the womb correctly. 
If you're lucky enough, you can see a heartbeat depending on how fast your baby is developing. So if the fetus is not in the right spot, this can lead to issues in the pregnancy and most likely result in a miscarriage. Adding to why I recommend to stay hush-hush about the pregnancy situation until after the first trimester. Now, as a dude, you're not going to be that heavily involved in the ultrasound process. Like for the six week one, I was basically just sitting in the waiting area the whole time looking at people's faces, twiddling my thumbs. When the ultrasound technician took my wife, she said to me, I'll come get you in five minutes. About 20 minutes had gone by and no one had came to get me. My mind started wandering. Is everything okay? You know, did anything go wrong? I started praying in my head. As a Muslim, I've memorized some verses from the Quran. I started reciting those in my head. I'm trying to talk to God in my head. You know, please Allah, let this kid be okay. Take everything from me. Just let this kid be okay. In the past, I've visualized this situation many times and I didn't think I'd be that guy, you know, praying and everything. But I just automatically started doing that stuff like instinct. So now, finally, the technician comes to get me and I'm like trying to judge what's going on with the expression on her face. She looked happy. So I was like, all right, everything is cool. And I started to feel confident. So I come into the room. It's filled with all sorts of medical equipment. My wife's laying there. She's smiling. I give a quick smile to her and I go over to the ultrasound machine and I start assessing it. I'm looking at the shadows in the dark screen, making out arms and legs. Then I spotted the head and I pointed at it and I was like all confident and everything and was like, let me guess, that's the head. And the technician was like, no, the machine's not on. She was like, we are done the process. We just have a still photo for you. So then she popped that onto the screen and she just pointed at this small circle and she's like, that's your kid. Then my wife kind of interrupted and was like, yeah, we were able to see a heartbeat. And she's telling me this because that was something we discussed before the appointment, like whether we'd be able to see it or not. And I was just like, so everything's okay. Technician was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, great. And I started to head back to the waiting area. Some people I hear cry, some people laugh. I was just relieved. So then like before leaving the office, the technician was like, wait. And I heard a printer in the background. And when it stopped, she handed me a picture of the ultrasound. It felt like I was in a photo booth or something. I was in and out of that room in two minutes. When I got back to the waiting area, I stared at the photo and I think I was like trying to create a bond with the photo, like force myself to have an emotional moment but it just wasn't happening. So now the 12 week ultrasound, a lot of other couples will tell you that this one is a big one. In this one, you can make out body parts of the baby and doctors can use the photos of this one to determine if there is anything majorly wrong with the kid. Again, as a dad, your domain is in the waiting room. Bring some chips with you, some Gatorade, keep yourself hydrated, do push-ups, pray, just chill out. Me, I was back to praying. For me, it was these kinds of moments that helped me realize that this is a gift from God. There are so many things that can go wrong and a lot of it is out of your control. The technician this time was like, we'll call you when we're ready. So I had no timer going off in my head. 20 minutes or so later, I get called in and this time, you know, the video was on. It was a live feed and the technician was explaining everything.
that's the head this is the arms legs and of course i'm just like is everything normal the technician was like it looks normal but the doctor is the one who looks at the ultrasound and makes the final assessment okay cool wicked so i watched the feed of my baby for a bit at this point it kind of just looks like a mini skeleton human laid out with its arms up in the air now the reason i'm saying it is because you don't know what the gender of the baby is at this point, whether it's a boy or a girl. So please don't get angry. So I'm watching and watching, and then all of a sudden the fetus, it started moving. It looked like it was hopping up and down. And you know what? I got excited. I started hopping up and down and it kind of kept going and it got faster and faster. Eventually I just started laughing watching this happen because this was the first time for me that's like, holy crap. This is real. There's movement. And the movement kept going on to a point where my excitement turned into concern. And I kind of just looked at the technician and she knew what was up. And she was just like, the baby is exercising. This is completely normal. Marvelous. They printed my pictures for me and I was out. So when I got back into the waiting room, this time when I looked at the pictures, I had more of a connection with the pic. It's like a Frankenstein moment, like it's a live kind of thing. So from the results of this ultrasound, doctors look at the head size of the baby and compare it to the rest of the body. And they also do other tests and they're able to determine whether the baby will have Down syndrome. A week later, we had an appointment with my wife's doctor and she went through the results of the test. Thank God everything was fine. My wife actually came in before me and they told her, you know, the test came in negative for Down syndrome. She had a Michael Scott moment and thought it meant a bad thing. No, negatives on tests for medical conditions means that you don't have it. So the other thing the doctor did during this appointment was check the heartbeat, which again was cool to hear, but wasn't a tearjerker moment for me. For some reason, whenever something happened that I found interesting, I started to laugh. Maybe it's a defense mechanism. I have or something, I don't know. So this is basically the end of the first trimester after you have this 12 week ultrasound. So tips during this time, fathers and moms, the main thing I hear that happens after having a child is you don't have a lot of me time. So get that in, you know, watch your happy Gilmores, go to the driving ranges, go bowling, do as much as you can. Now with COVID-19, you're going to be limited with what you can do. So do whatever you can. Talk to your friends that aren't expecting or planning on having kids anytime soon. Why? Because your friends that are having kids or do have kids, you'll still see and hang out with, you know, at birthday parties and other kids stuff like classes or sports. Now from what I've heard is that physically being a father is demanding, especially during the first few months after having the kid, or even if your partner is having bad morning sickness, a lot of the functionality of the house and getting things done is going to be on you. So my recommendation is cut down on your weight and start focusing on high rep exercises. Remember what Batman had to do in the dark night? He had to train differently because he had to face the Joker who was attacking him from all sorts of angles like your baby is going to do. Batman became lighter, faster, and more agile, and that's what I feel will help. Now, I made a conscious effort to do this, but how do you pull it off when your wife has cravings and wants to eat out all of the time? Well, you just eat when she eats. Now, this is starting to sound like a military exercise, which it doesn't have to be. 
You can eat whatever you want, do whatever you want. These are just recommendations. I personally started doing more cardio, stretching, and tried eating healthier. Over here, all the gyms are closed still because of COVID-19, so running around is pretty much the only thing you can do unless you have workout equipment at home. My biggest pointer for new fathers, don't just take care of your partner, take care of yourself too.